properly. You're in our church. And of course, Amafri right there. We can welcome Amafri. Uh, Amafri, come on up here real quick. Come on up, Amafri. Yep, yep. You can, you can yell at me later. Come on. So this has been a day that I've been dreaming about. So many of us over many years have gone to their, to their land, to their country, and been able to worship with them. Where you no, you, you, I don't want to stand next to her. You, I'm scared of her. She's mad at me right now. <laughs> and just been dreaming about the day when they would be right here in our land, uh, in our church, uh, to really bless us. And uh, they have just been such uh, great friends, but also models of just uh, how to follow Jesus and how to lead a healthy church. Uh, those of us who have been down there, boy, we have received so much hospitality from you, the meals, the worship sessions that turn into dance parties, uh, all the prayer ministry that you all have given us, even taking care of our sick, uh, you know, <laughs> when we have gotten sick. And so um, really want to bless you all and welcome you here. And so come on, let's, let's just pray a blessing over them, all right, as they, they go here. So Jesus, thank you for friends. Thank you for the body of Christ and that you have just sovereignly put us together Thank you, Lord Jesus, that uh, you are so big, you're a God of this world. Thank you that you have a unique deposit of your kingdom and your image in Stanley and Amafri and all of their people that they represent here in this moment. Lord Jesus, would you just bring all the blessings of, of their church right here to new life today? Would you help Stanley as he preaches just know that he is with family and release him uh, to give us his heart, the heart that you have molded over so many years. We pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Amafri se mandó. She didn't want to stay up here. Hey, good morning, new life. Buenos dias, nueva vida. It is such a pleasure to be here with you guys. Estoy, estamos muy emocionados por el privilegio de estar con ustedes. We love you guys, we love your leaders, we love your people, and we have been so, so blessed to be around you. Thank you for allowing us to be with you, to come alongside you here and learn from you, be encouraged by you, be blessed by you, and serve you. We just love, love this opportunity. You know... Whenever you have to talk to a group of people, especially when it's, you, you have one opportunity, you always want to um, be wise in the way you use your time. So <laughs> I was given 25 minutes, and for a black dude like me, 25 minutes is really a short time. But, I, but I'm going to do my best, okay? And uh, what I want for us to do today is for, you know, for us to pause a little bit and uh, think about our life. You know, you guys are so busy. Uh, we live in a busy world, and uh, especially in the U.S. We're always, you're always moving, always active, always doing something. And uh, there's nothing wrong with being productive, but I feel like sometimes because we're so productive, we lose the blessing of reflecting on what's most important in life. Um, 
there's a question I think all of us should, you know, ask ourselves, and it is, what's, what's really important in life? What's the m most important thing in life? Um, I think this is a question that we need to ask ourselves, and we need to ponder on. We need to think about it, reflect on it, because it is such an important question to ask. So, you know, one day, a guy approached Jesus, a guy who uh, was a very smart dude. And then he approached Jesus with a question similar to that question. In Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 34, I'm going to read uh, from New uh, Version International. I don't know if it's the, the yeah. So it says, and one, one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commitment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is no other, there is no other commandment greater than this. And the scribe said to Jesus, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Father, we invite you to come and to speak to our hearts. Lord, we need a revolution of love in our cities, in our communities, and in the nations of the world. Lord, come and have your way in us right here, right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, a scribe came. A scribe, you know, was an expert in the Old Testament. Uh, it's like having a PhD now. The guy... He dedicated all his life to study the Old Testament. They knew all the laws, all the details, and they, you know, um, were always arguing about what's, you know, what's more important in the law. Um, so he came with a very smart question, a very deep theological question, and the question is, which commandment is the most important? In other words, he was asking Jesus, what is the one command to which everything else flows from. Like, you know, as Christians, we know that we have a lot of commands. There are a lot of things that are good to do, and there are things that are not good to do. But this guy, he wanted to go to the heart of the matter. What is the one thing from which everything else flows from? Very important question. Um, back in the days... You know, these guys, they had to deal with more than 600 laws. They had a bunch of laws to, you know, study and, you know, 
There, some of them were negatives, you don't do that, and then others were positive, you do that. So it wasn't an easy task to find out what's really important or what is the most important. That's why he asked Jesus a question. So how, do, how, do, how did Jesus handle the question? I think that's very important for us to, 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 to ponder. Jesus quoted a famous passage from the Old Testament uh, called the Shema by the Jewish uh, people. And uh, basically, Jesus is using the same language to answer their question. They all knew the Shema. All devout Jew would uh, recite the Shema twice a day, in the morning and in the afternoon. And uh, Jesus said, the most important is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your being, you know, with everything you have. And then Jesus um, stopped for a while. And, uh, and then Jesus continues. And there is a second. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, it's crazy but sometimes we think we need a lot of things to bring about transformation in our communities. Yes, there are, we need things. But really, when God saw the distress of this world, the misery of the humankind, do you know what God did in order to deal with our issues? It wasn't money. It wasn't stuff. It was love. God so loved the world that he sent his son. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, God dealt with their sin with love. He came and then he loved them, he embraced them, and then he made a new cloth to clothe them. So Jesus said, Jesus start with the vertical relationship and tells, tells them, hey, you guys, you need to love God. Your relationship with God should be the primary and the most important relationship of all. Um, and Jesus said something that's, that's very important. He says, you shall love God with all your being. Um, you know, most of the time our love for God is a lukewarm love. It's very shallow and very superficial. Um, and it's, it's something that we say with our mouth. But when it comes to sacrifice, some of the things that we love, some of, of the idols that we have, we, you know, think, man, uh, that's not the type of love I, I meant. You know, I love you. I sing about loving you, but I don't want to touch that for you. I don't want to sacrifice for you. But as resolved as Jesus was about the importance of our love for God, Jesus doesn't stop there. He didn't stop there. He continues. And Jesus says, there is a second relationship. And Jesus says, you shall also love your neighbor as yourself. And he connects the two. Now, notice that the scribe only asked, what is the greatest commandment of all? He didn't ask about two commandments. He asked about one. But Jesus gives them a second one. And do you know what Jesus is saying right here? Jesus is actually trying to tell us that love for God and love for people cannot be divided. 
you know, they're like the, the, the two faces of one coin. You can't have love for God and don't have love for your neighbor. You know, you have love for God, and that is manifested through love for the people around you. So if you, you know, new life in this community, you love God, that's, that will be reflected in the way you interact with the poor, uh, the displaced, the excluded, uh, the immigrants, the undocumented immigrants. That will be reflected in the way you interact and connect and serve and love the people around you. It's not something abstract in our head. It, 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 it needs to be shown in the way we live our life. Um, th- so Jesus connects the two, and Jesus tells the scribe, hey, listen, you can't say you love God without loving people. People created in his own image, you know. So in other words, Jesus was telling the scribe, and he's telling us that love is the way not only in our vertical relationship, not only in our relationship with God, but also horizontal relationship, our relationships with our brothers and sisters within our church community, but also our relationship with our brothers um, and neighbors uh, outside of our church community. Um, And, uh, you know, I've heard people say, I can't love my neighbor because he's not a believer or he's a crazy folk. Um, Man, I think we get it wrong. We don't, we don't really understand what love is or what it means. Uh, most of the time, we, we treat love as though it was a device that we can turn on and off depending on how we feel. You know, if I, am, um, I don't feel well today, then I don't love this guy. You know, if, my, if tomorrow I feel excited, then, oh, you're my brother today. Let's hang out, you know. But that's not the type of love we see in God. God doesn't himself just love me or love you one day and then tomorrow he doesn't love us. Or he doesn't love just a group of people and say, you know what, you guys, you're ugly. Uh, Or you, you are despised, unimportant, I don't want you. No, he is love, that's his nature. He doesn't even have to think about it. He doesn't even have to say, you know what, I'm going to love and uh, I'll try to love these folks. No. His core identity is love. The Bible tells us clearly that God is love. And uh, that's why yesterday I shared at World Bend Day that he loved us even, where, even when we were ungodly, powerless, and sinners. You know, ungodly, powerless, and sinners. He loved sinners. He loved sinners. So there should be no confusion about that. You know, love is not what most of the time we think. You know, nowadays we're, we're, we're so confused about love. Uh, most people think love is an emotion, is a feeling, um, or uh, an action we do uh, when we feel a certain way. Um, but this is, this is wrong. And our misunderstanding of love sabotages or affect the way we interact with God, but also affects the way we interact with one another within our church community and the way we interact with the larger community, the people who aren't Christians. 
the people that we normally wouldn't like to be with, but we still are called to love them. So love um, needs to be redefined, not by this world standards or definition, but we need to go back to the Bible. We need to go back to Christ and learn from him. Because, you know, it's really sad. It is so weird to find a community that is based around Christ's command to, to love one another just, just the way he has loved us. It's not something coming. But all of our churches should be places where the love of Christ should be manifested. You know, where we're loving one another because we are loved by him. Um, so I think we need to go back and try to understand. I don't have a lot of time, but real quick, you know, in the New Testament, there are four words that are used um, to talk about love. But in English, we only use the word love, love. You know, in the New Testament, you find eros, uh, which is the where we find the word erotic. It's the passion kind of love the love that you have for your partner. And then you have storge, which is uh, the type of love that you find in the context of a family, you know, a father and son, um, you know, brothers and sis sisters. And then there is the, 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 the other Greek word, philia, uh, brotherly uh, love, you know, the type of love that we have for our friends. And then there is the last word, which is agape, and that's the divine love. And that's the type of love that Jesus is talking about here. You know, agape love is sacrificial and self-giving. It is loyal. Agape love is not the type of love that uh, is demanding, no. It is self-giving. It gives everything away until it has nothing and, 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 and keeps, ah, that todo sin querer retener nada. You got me. So, so ultimately, the, the, the real source of agape love is God himself, you know. And uh, John 3.16, you all know this passage. God so loved that he gave. And that's the expression of the agape love. It is self-giving. God loved and therefore he gave. God is not demanding from us, but he's giving himself. He gave his son. The son gave himself to us so that we can have life. Um, and sadly, the world in which we live doesn't understand this kind of love because their version of love is selfish. It eats out of you. It, it, it takes from you. Um, and uh, that's, that's the problem. Um, so how do we, real quick, how do we get there? Because I think that's the question. Because we know God is, love, love, love is important. We talk about that all the time. But how do we get there? How do we become people that would love God and our neighbors? Listen, if we want to have a significant impact in any community, the most difficult communities, um, the only way to penetrate them and see breakthrough is true love and agape love manifested through the people of God 
in that particular context. There is no other way. Like we can pray, we can spend seven days a week praying, but if there is no love, we will be just like the Pharisees. We can do, we can throw money, and uh, our money, people will take them, but we're going to be like philanthropists, and we're going to be doing social stuff, but the, the transformation of the heart is only possible when agape touches the heart. So, you know, and if we're honest, all of us will confess that this kind of love, self-giving, self-sacrificial, is not something that we can produce with our own self, with willpower. There's no way we're going to be able to do that. So we need divine love to flow from within us, flow from our inmost being um, to touch the lives around us. So how does that happen? Well, we have to do what we talked about yesterday. We have to abide in Christ. Because trying to love people is the most miserable thing you can do. Trying to love people with your own strength is the most miserable thing because you can't. You'll try a day, two, three days, and then you'll, rea you'll realize, man, I just can't. But once you abide in him and uh, his, his love dwells in your heart, you know, John says, when the Holy Spirit is in us, um, you know, the, the, we will have living waters flowing from our inmost being, you know. The Spirit of God produces a fruit in us, and the fruit is love. Uh, Paul in, in Galatians 5 says that the, the fruit of the Spirit is love. So to close, because I don't want Chris to, to kill me. <laughs> um, you, you know, when Jesus, what Jesus is saying here has nothing to do with behavior modification. It's not, you know, you try to be nice with people. You try to smile when they see you and then in their back, you say all kind of ugly stuff. No, Jesus is not talking about behavior modification. He's talking about becoming the type of person that would naturally love people. Because from your inmost being, from your inner self, there is a river that is flowing continually. And that river comes from him because he provides, he gives you divine love so that you can love him back, but so that you can also love people in your church community and then people beyond the borders of your church community. Even beyond the border, the borders of your country, people who are different, who have different skin color, who speak different languages. That's why, that's how we love. We don't try hard. Trying hard doesn't work, you know. Um, that's why Paul prays. He prays for the Christians um, in Ephesus. And his prayer is that they would abide in Christ, that Christ would dwell, dwell in their hearts so that they would know how deep the love of God for them is and participate in the nature. They would, be, they would become, they would, be, they would experience the fullness of God's nature. Um, so friends, we're not called to do these things. 
with our strength, uh, by trying. No, it's by abiding in him, by abiding in his spirit, by trusting him with all that we have. Trying will take you nowhere. Willpower, knowledge, head knowledge will take you nowhere. You know, we cannot produce spiritual fruit if we're not connected with Christ. If the spirit of God isn't working and producing the type of fruit God wants from us. Um, I, want, I want to, you know, I want to um, share this with you. You know, we're directed by Paul. Paul tells us to be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. You see, the agape love of Jesus for us is the foundation of our identity, but also is what we need in order to, in order to love God and in order to love people. This is the source of supernatural power, supernatural grace in order to love people who used to hate you, love people who are different than you, love people who talk uh, bad about you, to love as he loved you. Jesus is both the model but also the source of the type of love that he's talking about here. Um, and uh, as we abide in him, that's where we find the nourishment we need, the strength, the power, supernatural power to, to be able to do that. And I want to say this to you, uh, New Life. You know, your relationship with God is not only important to you and your, your, spiritual, your personal spiritual growth. It is so important for your community. Because if you're not abiding in Christ, you're going to be bitter, you're going to be angry, um, and uh, you're going to be shallow. You, you'll be a shallow Christian, and that will have a negative impact in the whole community. But if you're making Christ the center of your life, and you are growing in abiding in him, and learning from him, and you're receiving supernatural power from the Holy Spirit, then that's going to be a blessing, not just for you, not just for your house, but it's going to be a blessing for your pastors, for your leaders, and for your brothers and sisters because you are going to be a loving person. And the spirit of God will work through you. The fruit of love and its manifestation, joy, peace, you know, all the other manifestations will be seen uh, in your life and will bless and affect others. Um, you know, there is a, there's a guy name uh, Bishop Michael Curry, and I want to paraphrase him to close. He said, uh, thinking about the last verse of Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, where Paul says, now this three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of all is love. He said, faith and hope are necessary for a full life especially in the context of community. They're not a guide for life, though, he says. They don't tell you what to do. That's love's job. If hope and faith are the wind and sails, love is God's GPS. You know, that's what love is really about. Where, self where, where selfishness excludes, love makes room and includes. 
Where selfishness puts down, love lifts up. Where selfishness hurts and harms, love helps and heals. Where selfishness enslaves, love sets free and liberate. The way of love will show us the right thing to do every single time. It is moral and spiritual grounding and a place of rest amidst the chaos of this world. It is how we stay distant in indistant times. Friends, we were created by love, for love, to love, and to be loved. And we're called and equipped by God to become loving persons. People that would naturally love God, but also that would naturally love the people around them. You know, yesterday I shared about my mom. My mom, that part of the story I didn't share, my mom, once she became a Christian and experienced the love of Christ and uh, was transformed by Christ, she went back to the people that exploited her, raped her, and treated her worse than than an animal. She didn't go back to fight. She didn't go back to cry, oh, you know, you destroyed my life. She went back to tell them about the Savior that that had saved her and given her love and transformed her life. She went back to share the love that she had received to the same people that wanted to destroy her life. She went back to love on those folks. And guess what? Because of her love, they, too, received the love of King Jesus. And they, too, were impacted and transformed by the love of Christ, manifested through the manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit in my mom's life, joy, you know, patience, and all the other manifestations. So the calling for you in this city right now is to love God with everything you have. And to love others. But again, it's not something that you're going to be able to do because you are strong or you're stronger than other people or because you have willpower or because you're smarter than other people. It's only possible as we abide in Christ and receive his perfect love for us and let that love become a big tree in our heart and give the fruits that we see in Galatians 5. So, if you're here and uh, you don't know the love of Christ, man, this is a right, this is the right moment to receive his love for you. If you're here and his love is not the basis, the the foundation of your identity, then we would love to pray for you, you know, um, yeah. Pastor Chris, I don't know. I know I've spoke too much. Not at all. Stay here. As the worship team gets us up, we're going to respond to this. You know, uh, when I'm asked uh, to go speak at other churches, I always love it when they just say, speak whatever's on your heart instead of telling me what to speak on. 
And so I always do that when people come, and I ask Stanley, speak on what I didn't have no idea what he was going to speak on. And those of us who have been to the Dominican Republic, we know how sophisticated and deep and wide their work is there. They work with a lot of undocumented Haitian immigrants who live in a slum community. They have lobbied the government to bring services, power, water into their community. They feed uh, 100 kids a day. They have school for those kids. They have multiple churches. And you think about all the things that Stanley and Amafri and his team have to think about every day and all that they have, the wisdom they have. And I asked him, Stanley, preach on whatever is on your heart. And this is the message. Did you hear the message? That, that the foundation is the love of God. That it cannot be on wisdom and human effort. It must be this ability to abide in the love of Jesus. And I can tell you that as he's lived with me and I'm offering for the past few days, I have seen this in him. The first full day that he was here, I wanted to take them all over the place and show them different things in the city. And he just sat in my office all day. And he prayed. And he prepared. And he sat in the love of God. I think there is a parable here, right, that a man whose family has been through so much suffering can stand here with such joy and with such love. A man and a woman who have such an incredible amount of responsibilities in their life can exude this love for God, right? Let's hear the word of the Lord today, and let's respond to that word. As we were praying this morning, Fedna got this image of the sun rising right over Stanley into us. And I think for us that means that we have an invitation uh, to just receive fresh love of God, the fresh love, the way that a sun brings in fresh light every morning. And I think it just means that we would stop and we would respond, that we would not keep our hand out and just go, oh, that, that man is a good preacher. That's really good. That we would actually open up our arms to receive God today. That we would ask God for help to stop and to pause. Many of us are just too busy. And we believe that we are a slave to our life responsibilities. The Lord is saying, no, you always have time to stop and pause. To be with me. To learn how to receive love. Fresh sun, fresh love. Some of us, we're just constantly bringing uh, just all this complaints and criticisms to God. And God just says, would you just receive my love and let your heart just melt? Would you just be a child? Be my child. Love me. Receive that love. And so as we sing, after this first song, I just we're going to sing... We're each going to just create a sacred space uh, for the Lord to just speak to us even more deeply. And then after this song, I'm going to ask people to come forward. I'm going to ask people to come forward who know that they either for the first time need to surrender to building the foundation of their life on the love of God or who need a fresh love of God. And Stanley and Amafri will pray over you along with myself and Dave and other leaders of this church. Let us just stop and pause. Let's receive this word that this brother has bought, brought to us. Of all the different things he could have talked about, the Lord is speaking. Let's love God. 